Lord, I told him earlier, I can come here lower than a snake. But boy, when I get through, when I get through listening to this music, hallelujah, what a, what a blessing. What a blessing. Sometimes, guys, uh, I, I think maybe some of you don't realize how blessed we are in this church with our musicians and all of those and the sound guys, the light guys. They always put it too bright in my eyes, but I still love them anyway. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm, jo- I'm joking with you guys. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for listening by live stream uh, this morning. We appreciate you. And, and uh, turn, if you would, to the book of Ezra. Ezra is the book this morning. Ezra is about halfway in between Genesis and Psalms. It's the part of your Bible that's never been used. It's the white pages. <laughs> I think in my 17 years here, I preached one sermon out of the book of Ezra. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to stay in Ezra for a little while. I actually came up with 30 different points. And I thought, well, that won't work this morning. We got to shorten that down. I got it down to nine. And then along about 11.30 last night, I thought that ain't going to work either. So I've got it down to four. We'll just have four this morning. And then we're, we'll be dealing with history and some of the things this Sunday and next Sunday. And if you like hellfire brimstone preaching that that's going to be about three weeks off because we're just kind of teaching and going through the introduction uh taking a road trip through the book of ezra ezra is about revival it's about renewal it's about restoration a lot of people think ezra is only about rebuilding jerusalem and rebuilding the walls and rebuilding solomon's temple but let me tell you uh, god is always more interested in people than he is in buildings. We need to understand that. Uh, we use people to build buildings. We use contractors. We use architects. We use plumbers, electricians, and different people to build buildings. God uses buildings to build people. We use people to build buildings. God uses buildings to build people. We've just finished this year uh, the state-of-the-art preschool and children's building over here. It has set us ready for the next generation to reach those young preschoolers and children, to reach them for the glory of God. We're better prepared to reach them. It's been the largest building program that this church has ever encountered. Since 1951, there has never been a larger building program than what we have encountered in this children's building. But I want to tell you, we must always keep in mind that that building is used to reach people and to build people. We don't worship a building. The, the second largest is this beautiful auditorium. We're thinking about bulldozing it down and building a bigger one. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I saw some folk grabbing their hearts. It's the big one, Elizabeth, I guarantee you. I, I'm just, I'm sorry. But I just want you to understand the work of God is never about building a building. It's about building people for the glory of God. And Ezra points that out. Look in verse 1. Stand with me, please, in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. The Bible says, Ezra 1.1, now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, 
that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him. Let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. Father, thank you again this morning. How precious it is to be in your presence. And Lord, we'd ask you to continue to deal through the power of the Holy Spirit. You're welcome in this place to touch lives Young and old, middle-aged, makes no difference. Male, female, it makes no difference. Lord, we stand in need of a new touch, a fresh touch. Oh, Holy Spirit, rain down on us today. And Lord, we may lift up the name of Jesus as we continue, Lord, to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be built, uh, seated. Just four things here briefly this morning. Number one is this. God's will is revealed through his word. We find that from the book of Ezra. God's will is revealed in his word. You'll find those words as we study Ezra, word of God, word of the Lord, over and over and over and over again. Ezra and Nehemiah actually were one combined book. Ezra opens the book and he reads in Nehemiah there. It came to pass when I heard these words, I sat down and wept, mourned certain days, fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. You see, he is fulfilling the word of the Lord. They had a word from the Lord. Now, if you're in college or even in high school, getting ready to go into college, uh, you're going to be faced with some folks that they, God love them, they don't know any better. Uh, they'll tell you that the Bible came around about 400. That's hogwash. That's that Greek word we use quite frequently around here. The word of God was here. He, he said, I heard Daniel 9, 2, in the year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years. He, he wasn't uh, just listening to it. He wasn't just uh, memorizing it. He had the books there. The law was written. The word of God was there. And that's the old new age story. Of, it's nothing more than an ancient lie. People in Bible times had a written copy of the word of God. Now, they didn't have the complete word of God. And to be honest with you this morning, King James didn't get built until 1611. So if you lean in on that, uh, you know, there's a lot of things happened between uh, the death of Jesus and 1611. Uh, but anyway, I'll just throw that out there for you there too. But Daniel said, I saw, I saw, not I heard, not I memorized. Second Timothy 3.15, from the child you've known the holy scriptures, which were able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith with his in Jesus Christ. Listen, God's will is always revealed in his word. When somebody tells you, I don't care what the Bible says, this is what happened to me, you run. You run, because the devil has power and authority today too. If it's not in this word, it's not in his will. Amen. You, two or three of you like that. I, I don't care whether you like it or not. I'm just telling you. His will is revealed in this word right here. And if it's not in this word, it's not in his will. 
It's just that simple. You say, well, what? The, well, for example, we know the will of God on a whole lot of things. We just don't want to do them. Uh, the, the will of God is for children to obey your parents. You say, well, that's because you're a parent. No, it's because the Bible says in Ephesians 6, 1, children obey your parents. It's what the word of God says. That reveals the will of God. And let me tell you, the word of God tells us that we're to honor our parents. You say, well, that's because you're getting old and you want your kids to, to take care of you. I sure do. They better. I guarantee you they better. I've been taking care of them for 40 years. Uh, they better take care of me. But that's not why I preach that. I preach that because Exodus 20 says, oh, uh, honor your father and your mother. And we even get that crossed up. We think we honor our father and mother so their days will be long. Go back and read that. We honor our father and our mother so that my days may be long. I my days. I appreciate when I first came here 17 years ago, uh, you, you know, we didn't want to come here anyway, but that's a long story. And you, some of you have heard it. I don't want to bug you with it again. But God showed me in that first year, my mother was dying. She was in Palestine. I was able to go almost every night and spend the night with her in the hospital and come back here and go to work. Uh, from the time I left home in college, there are very few nights, even after we were married, that I didn't call my mother every night. And I, we didn't talk very long. My, you know, it's just, but, but let me just tell you something. If you've got a mama and a daddy that's still alive, bless God, you call them. I mean, you don't have to talk 30 minutes with them. You say, well, you don't know my mama. Well, you just say, whoa, I got to go, click. And that's all you got to do. It's the thought that counts. You honor your father and your mother. Let me tell you something. I believe that every born-again Christian, if physically able, needs to go through the waters of baptism. You say, that's because you're a Baptist. No, it's because you all got a baptistry tank. No, the, the heat works sometimes and sometimes it don't. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that because the Bible says in Matthew 28 that we're to go spread the gospel and baptize through the water. That's, why, that's what he's saying here. I believe that single adults ought to remain sexually pure. Well, you're just a killjoy. No, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 18, we're to flee fornication. I believe church members ought to willingly and lovingly submit to the authorities. Oh, you say that because you're a preacher. I don't care who's preaching here. I don't care who the pastor of this church is. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they do it with joy and not with grief. You know what he's saying? He said, when I get to heaven as a pastor and the leader of this church, don't make me grieve saying, oh yeah, they were members here. Oh yeah, I remember them well. Yeah, every morning they'd call. I remember them well. No, make it with joy. Oh yeah, they're members here. Praise the Lord. Mm. Well, God's will never violates God's word. Amen? You find that in, in Ezra. Let me tell you what else you find in Ezra. You find this, that God is always at work. He's always at work. Blackaby didn't invent that. The Word of God invented that. God is always at work. Look at verse uh, uh, 1 there in the last part of it. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it into writing, saying. You see, for years, saint after saint had been praying, Oh, God, deliver us from, from, from Persia. 
Oh, God, we want to go back. Oh, Lord. Yeah, now, they're there because of sin. Sin always has consequences. And God says, because you've sinned, you're going to be in captivity 70 years. Prophets had been praying. Saints had been praying. Everybody says, well, God's not listening to nothing. God's not listening. He's not doing anything. He's just sitting. He's just, uh uh-uh. No, the whole time God is raising up a Persian king named Cyrus. (laughs) They think he's doing nothing. It's, It's like... If you remember in 1980, I remember it well. It was about 82, I think, when I really remember it. But 1980 is when St. Helens exploded and blew up. You say, well, it surprised everybody in the country. No, the people who were studying it weren't surprised at all. They knew there was something going on underground for years. And they said, it's fixing to blow up. It's fixing to blow up. It's fixing to blow up. And then one day it blew up. And I mean, it, it made a mess. It made a mess. And I, I remember it because that was, in 82, was my first year uh, to have an MRI. I took it at Baptist Hospital in a mobile trailer in the middle of a thunderstorm. And it was one of them old-timey MRIs where you went all the way in the tube and they closed the door and you heard the latch click. I could feel that thing shaking. I said, Lord, I'm going to end up in the Natchez River. Nobody will never see me again. I said, Lord. Now, I want to tell you, that's when I first, I'd never been claustrophobic in my life. But boy, that started it right there. And God been trying to wean me off of that. A week before I was to have heart valve replacement, I came up here on a Saturday afternoon, got hung up in the elevator between the first and second floor. I call the help button, it rings my phone. So help me. Now, I'm telling you. And I'm saying, whoa, you know, my phone's dead, but I can hear the answer phone. It goes straight to the answer phone. This is Charles Hunt. For two hours and 40 minutes, I sat in that elevator. My wife was decorating the Christmas tree. My son was putting lights up in the front of the house. Nobody give a rip about me. I kept buzzing that alarm. Finally, at almost a quarter to five, Rosie came by and said, is somebody in the elevator? I said, yes, me. I had, I was on that little buggy and uh, uh, there, and I wedged the wheel up and kind of opened it. And inside my little pouch, all I had was a set of Allen wrenches. And so I pried that door open a little bit with that tire of that buggy, crammed them Allen wrenches in there, and was going to try to open that door. Those things fell down in the bottom of that elevator. <laughs> the next day or the next week when the elevator guy came, he said, I know what's wrong with the elevator. There's a set of Allen wrenches. I said, no, it ain't nothing to do with it. No, ain't got nothing to do with it. (laughs) Those are mine. (laughs) Uh, My soul. I want to tell you, and and when we were watching that movie, Dante's Peak, right after that volcano and after that MRI, those rocks started coming in and crashing on those cars. If you all remember that movie, I jumped up out of the theater and run out as fast as I could. So I can't stand this. I can't stand this. 
Listen to me. If you've ever raised children, a four-year-old, in Charlie's case, five years old, you know he's never not doing nothing. He's always, when he gets quiet, that's when you better go check him out. He's probably learning his ABCs on the walls of your bedroom with crayons. Or he's going through his grandma's purse and she's got a money jar and he dumps it under the bed and then replaces the jar. I can just tell you, you may think that four-year-old is doing nothing, but he's always doing something. And you may sit here this morning and think, well, in my life, God's not doing nothing. No, you're wrong. God is always at work. He is always at work. And we find that here in Ezra. He's always at work. It is never uh, the will of God to go against the word of God. And then thirdly here, uh, God rules over the entire world. Now now look at verse 2. Thus said Cyrus, the king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven, hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth. Now listen, God couldn't give them to him if he didn't have them. God owns everything. He rules over the entire world. He said, he's charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. You see, while Israel thinks God's doing nothing, he's, he's, oh my soul, he's not even a Jew. He's a Persian. Cyrus, he's raising him up. And he's given him the kingdoms and the authority to go build the walls and the temple and the city of Jerusalem. You ever get concerned over the news? I mean, I like it uh, because I, I'm a newsaholic. Uh, not all of them liars. I mean, you know, I don't care. You can look at Fox. You can look at CNN. You can look at MSNB. You can look at HLN. You can look. They're all, you know, the best place to get news is if you can get a hold of a London or an English newspaper of a foreign country. They still report news. All our people over here are giving their ideas and their summations. I, 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 I get concerned, but I want to tell you, the Word of God said God raises up kings and God takes down kings. This is a president election that we just went through. Now, don't tar and feather me. I'm just being honest with you. Neither one of those guys were my first choice. Neither one of them. Sometimes God gives us what we desire. Sometimes God gives us what we deserve. (laughs) And I just remind you in the middle of all of this chaos and all this calamity that not every ruler is anointed by God, but every ruler is appointed by God. Whether we like it or not. Daniel 2.21, he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings. He setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. Mm. Folks, I've repeated it over and over again. You've heard me preach it for years. It's not the Democrats versus the Republicans. Because my real heart desire is both of them are just about alike. It's good versus evil. Good versus evil. And so let me just give you one hint of advice. Don't lose your Christian testimony 
on the altar of American politics because it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. I would tell you this morning, the president is not in charge. I'll tell you this morning, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus, that Congress is not in charge. Listen, your ex is not in charge. Your crazy uncle on your mama's side is not in charge. COVID is not in charge. God Almighty is in charge of this world today. That's what the scripture says. Let me give you this last one and we're through. God is committed to redeeming his people. Praise the name of Jesus. Ezra 1.4, whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, beside the free will offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Now, I ask myself, why is God so focused on rebuilding the walls and rebuilding the city and rebuilding the temple? Why is he so bent on doing that? So much so that he would leave the children of Israel in captivity for 70 years and then raise up a, a, a Persian king, Cyrus, to lead the charge to rebuild the temple and to rebuild the city. Why is he so focused on that? Well, I don't believe it's merely because he loves the Jews. He does love the Jews. He does. I don't believe it's just because he loves Jerusalem. I think he loves Jerusalem. But the city is in ruins. There are few survivors. There are few people living in the city. The walls are down. Solomon's temple looks like a trash heap. But you see, God has already prophesied that one day the walls would be rebuilt. He's already prophesied that one day the gates would be hinged on those hinges. He's already prophesied that the temple would be rebuilt, the priesthood would be restored, and he's already prophesied that on one Sunday before the Passover, some priests are going to be performing their priestly duties in that rebuilt temple. You see, God has a plan for that temple. God got a plan for you too. God got a plan for this church too. You hear people say, well, the church, well, we're in trouble now. No, we're not. not. Not his church. Now, your church may be in trouble. My church may be in trouble. But Jesus said, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Let me tell you, the church is alive and well. There's no problem with the church. They knew that one day, as, as those priests were doing their priestly duties, reading from Psalm 24, the people would look and the eastern gate would open up and here he comes riding on a donkey that's never been ridden before. The people, the psalm said, who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. And the people begin to shout, Hosanna, Hosanna. God has come to save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. God had a purpose for those gates and for that temple, and for that city. And in a week's time, there would be soldiers that would leave the government center in Jerusalem 
And they would come out those gates that had been rebuilt. And they would go down through the Kidron Valley. And they would come up a mountain called the Garden of Gethsemane. And there they would go in that garden. And because of a disciple named Judas betrayed our Lord with a kiss, they would take him and haul him back through that valley, through those walls and the gates that were rebuilt into Jerusalem where he would be falsely accused. He would be badly beaten beyond recognition. He would have a crown of thorns on his head. He would be mocked and ridiculed. And then they would take in that city and they would take him out of those same walls and the same gates that had been rebuilt. They would lead him up to a place on a hill, a skull called Golgotha. And they would drive nails in his hands and in his feet. And they would leave him there to die. It's outside that very same city that they're rebuilding now through Ezra and Nehemiah that three days later, God would come and he would raise Jesus from the dead on that third day. (laughs) God has a plan for this city. God has a plan for the temple. And as you watch Zerubbabel and Ezra and Nehemiah rebuild and all of the contractors and all the men involved, in the distance you can hear the hammers as they were beating against the rock quarries, getting rock out to rebuild the walls and to rebuild Solomon's temple and to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. You can hear all of that. You could hear men as they were laboring there to rebuild all of this. And centuries later, there's a divine echo. And that echo is driving Roman spikes into the hands and feet of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That echo, you could hear a man crying out, Tetelestai, it is finished. Everything needed for your salvation has been done. If you listen closely, you can hear in the background a giant curtain being ripped from the top to the bottom. God literally provided access for each one of us at that very time. See, God's got a plan for Jerusalem. God's got a plan for the temple. God's got a plan for the walls. And if you hear closely, you can hear the sound of an angel in a far off distance saying, why seek ye the living among the dead? This same Jesus who you saw go up is going to come back. (laughs) You see, the noise of this building project literally is coming to save us. God did something on that day so he could do something on this day. God sent Zerubbabel there on a trip that day, but later on God would know that he would have to send his son Jesus on another trip. 
because he would know that on this Sunday at Woodland Hills Baptist Church, there would be someone sitting in this very auditorium that needed to be saved. They're sitting here this morning lost in their sins, guilty because of the wickedness of your past, and Jesus knew that you would need someone to say, I love you anyway. I love you like you are. I'll save you. I'll heal you. I'll restore you. I'll deliver you from darkness into marvelous light. God rebuilt this city because he's interested in rebuilding you and me. God is interested in this rebuilding project because he knew that there'd be an eight-year-old little boy nicknamed Tommy at that time. Mm that needed to be saved. God's interested in rebuilding this project because he knew that I'd have a neighbor named Corky, 77 years old, that would come down an aisle of this church and say, I've never been saved. I've been a deacon, I've been a Sunday school teacher, I've been a superintendent, I've done everything in the world, but I've never asked Jesus to take my sin away and save me. God's interested in this building program because last week right here, Asher and Caden came down to be saved. And before that, Riley was here. And before that, Aiden was here. God's interested in not in building buildings to build buildings, but he's interested in building buildings to build people. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should never perish but have eternal life. The question this morning is not how long you've been a member of a church. It's not whether you can quote it. It's really not even if you knew where Ezra was without going to the table of contents. The question this morning, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And if you can't say, yes, I know I have, let me tell you, you ought to be the first one to make a beeline for this altar and catch one of us and say, I want to be saved. I want to leave this place knowing, because I want to tell you, looking around at the signs of the times, I don't think it's going to be very much longer. I think the Lord's going to come back. And when he comes back, and you put it off, it'll be too late. It'll be too late. Maybe this morning you need a church home. You heard me tell you for 17 years, if this church had a good pastor, it'd be a perfect church. Y'all are a tremendous church. Tremendous. I could not. I'm just telling you, if you're looking for a church that will love you and accept you and encourage you and hold you accountable, this church will do that. Maybe you need to roll up your sleeves and say, I want to go to work for the glory of the Lord. Someone, it may have been Willie, I don't know, that told me, preacher, the reason more people don't come to the altar, I don't, was it you, Willie? He said, there ain't but one altar down there. And so I, I thought, well, good grief. Twelve years ago, we had six. So I went out looking and we dug all of them up. They're using for stools and all that. So now there's six altars down here. And if that ain't enough, you can come on on the stairs and the stairs. But I want to tell you something. This altar is a special place in the house of God. 
You say, well, I can deal with God where I am. You can, but no one else will be encouraged by that. See, it's an encouragement when you leave your seat and you come to this altar and pray. Now, I know we got a couple of busybodies here that's probably wondering what you did this week, why you needed to go to the altar. <laughs> I know that. And if they ask you, you can just simply say, well, honey, I was praying for you. That's all you got to say. Oh, God, we pray this morning that you would not pass a soul by. Lord, speak to our hearts. Lord, bring us conviction. And Lord, bring us to a place where we have to respond to you. Lord, let your will be done in our lives. We know it's your will that none perish but all come to everlasting life. We know that. God, would you let your will be done in this place today? We love you and we praise you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? As Brother Aaron leads us this morning in our invitation time. Brother Case is here. I'm here. You come. These altars are here. Come on right now. Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me. other verse. Trusting only in my merit, would I seek thy face, heal my wounded, broken spirit, save me by thy grace, Just bow your head just for a few moments. We're not going to linger a long time. 
But oh, dear friend, if God's speaking to your heart, would you give in? Would you say, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be what you want me to be. Lord, it's more important that I'm obedient to you than it is that I sacrifice or anything else. So God, I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, in this auditorium, there are those that need to come. Lord, you know every one of us. Would you just have your way? Could we leave here rejoicing over the work that you've done in our lives? We'll thank you and praise you. We're going to sing one more verse. No one comes when we close the invitation. Thou the spring of all my comfort Would I seek thy faith Anyone else? Whom have I on earth beside thee? Whom in heaven but thee? This be your cry. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. course one more time just one more time one more time still time if you want to come my humble God bless you. You may be seated. This is a tremendous crowd this morning. We had a great service uh, at the early service, had folks join. We had a tremendous service over at Mason Creek, Brother Wes and Tony came over and did our music for us. And Allison, where are you at? Allison Logan is here with us this morning from Oklahoma, and we're thrilled about that. Uh, so it's been a great day. Let me encourage you, uh, Pictorial Directory. If you're not signed up, I'm going to pray a case. Or just on live stream. <laughs> uh, you, you know what I'm going to do. <laughs> you get your picture made. You get a free 8 by 10 and you also get a free directory.